Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. ICU, let's be friends. Welcome to ICU. This is bonus episode, storybook series three. We're excited you could be here. This is a little more casual than our normal episodes if you haven't listened to one before. Uh, The storybook series is where I sit down usually with a friend if I can convince one to come and we talk about a couple storybooks that teach compassion and connection because I love to learn through stories and especially I think as a teacher and having kids of my own story time is my favorite part of the day with my kids. I just love to find and pick out storybooks that I feel like illustrate compassion and connection because I think they help us as adults too. So I am super excited today because I have one of my very good friends Shantae with us here. Hi Shantae. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And you are already famous because your husband was on the podcast. <laughs> which do you remember? Which episode your husband was on? Do you remember um, the number? Four or five, I think. Oh, it's six. Oh, it's I know six. more than you do. There you go. <laughs> I'm you probably there. should know more than me. <laughs> I'm like, do you know which number? I totally know. <laughs> yes. No. Episode six with Davin, and he talked a little bit about being bullied in high school, and then just kind of transforming his life. So Shantae is also the photographer of the cover art of the podcast. (laughs) I see. Yeah. She's awesome. I'm trying to think like fun fact about Shantae that I think of with you is you gave me the best frosting recipe in the world. Oh yeah. Should we share that? Or is it like a trade secret? Uh, yeah, you can share it. I can share it. (laughs) Well, no, you share It's your recipe. Oh, it's just, it's so easy. It's just two cups of whipping cream, Mm -hmm. heavy whipping cream, heavy whipping cream and a small, like a three ounce pack of pudding. It is flavor. And then you just whip it together. It is the most amazing frosting ever. I think it's technically supposed to be a custard. Yeah. But if you or water like it, mousse. Yeah. If you water it down with a little bit of milk, then it goes a long way and it's really, it's really yummy. Well, and, and I didn't even water it down with milk and it was fabulous, but you did have to refrigerate it whatever trans- days after. Yes. Refrigerate it afterwards. Otherwise you'll get sick. It's yeah. not like regular frosting that you can just sit out on your counter. Yeah. But it transforms cake for you. It turns cake into like a real yummy dessert. Dessert. Sorry about the planes overhead. You know the drill. We went by Hill Air Force Base. Your life hack of the day from Shantae. Thank you, yeah, Shantae. Your, your world will change. Change. Dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I haven't even read the book she brought or anything. She just brought it. And so I'm excited. This is all raw and live. Take us through it. Okay. So this book is called Wilfred Gordon McDonald Partridge. It's written by Mem Fox. Not only is it a sweet story, but it's actually pretty sentimental to me. I was going through it and Mm. just thought this book epitomizes so much for this podcast that it's just awesome. I'm going to tell you why it's sentimental to me first. So we live in an older neighborhood. And so there's a lot of older, wonderful, older women, widows, uh, who live by us. This book was actually given to me by one of those ladies who has become a dear, dear friend of mine. I think every young mom needs this older, wonderful grandma figure in her life so that when she has those hard days that she can just go and they just wrap their arms around you And they're not like your friends. They're not like people your age who are like, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. It's hard. 
sometimes I think moms can be a little judgmental of each other and be like, why does your kid act like that? Like, my kid never acts like that. And then you have a kid, you end up birthing a kid that doesn't exactly, act like that. Exactly, because you've jinxed yourself. You know, there's not this, like, because moms can tend to be like, yeah, life is hard. Yes, life is so hard. Yes, my kid is. Yes, it's so hard. Where an older, wonderful woman just looks at you and says, you're doing a good job. Yes. You are doing a good job and yes. you are doing good things and your kids are good and you are good. And I think every mom just needs to yes, please just tell me that I'm doing a good job because I'm putting my heart and soul into this. Anyway, so older women can totally sense that. This book was given to me by one of those wonderful women. When she moved away, she gave me a whole bunch of her books. She loved my kids. She mm. loved me. We would walk past her house and my kids would say, I want to go visit uh, this lady. I want to go see her. Like, they knew her mm, name. Yeah. They knew that they'd get Smarties every time they went there. It's like a family. Yeah. Yeah. It was just wonderful. And so this book is special and sentimental to me because it was given to me by this wonderful old woman. And I think everybody needs several wonderful old women in their lives. And it also kind of goes to prove it's like, even though you're old and like all your kids are gone and grandkids are old, you might, it's hard for you to move around the house. It's hard for you to do things. Your brain doesn't work as well as it used to. So you can't communicate quite as well. You're not as sharp and quick as you used to be, but your life still has so much value to those underneath you because Seriously? You have a perspective we don't have. Oh, yeah. We're in the middle of it. We're in the trenches, and we're like, I hope I don't mess up my kids. Hope yeah. they don't become serial killers. We'll see. If we ever move, like, honestly, I'll be sad to leave my friends, but it will break my heart to leave these wonderful old women who have become so special to me in my life. And so she's one of those women. And so that's why this book, first off, is really special. Okay, so to dive into it a little bit, it starts out that there was a small boy, and his name was Wilfred Gordon MacDonald Partridge, and he wasn't very old either. And in the story, he lives next to an old folks' home. Um, so he becomes friends with all these people in here. There's a Mrs. Jordan, who plays the organ, Mr. Hoskins, who tells scary stories, Mr. Tippett, who loves cricket, Miss Mitchell, who walks with a wooden stick, and Mr. Drysdale, who had a voice like a giant. But his favorite person is this lady called Miss Nancy Al Allison Delacourt Cooper. And he likes her the most because he has she has four names just like him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he spends time with these old people. One day he was listening to his parents talk about Miss Nancy. And they said how she had lost her memory. And so this boy is like, well what is a memory then? How did she lose this? How do you lose a memory? His dad said, well, memory is something you remember. Mm. The kid's like, okay. So he goes through and he kind of asks all these people who he knows, what's a memory? So he asks Mrs. Jordan and she says, it's something warm. Oh, a memory like is something warm. And then he asks Mr. Hawkins and he says, it's something from long ago. And then he asks Mr. Tippett what a memory is, and he says, it's something that makes you cry. And Miss Mitchell says, a memory is something that makes you laugh. Mm. And Mr. Drysdale says, it's something as precious as gold. So this boy's like, okay, these are what memories are. So he goes and he's on a mission to find memories for Miss Nancy. Aww. So he goes um, and looks for things that can be a memory. He finds a shoebox with shells that he found long, long time ago last summer. 
and put them in a basket to take to her. And then he found a puppet, uh, kind of one of those fuzzy puppets that are on strings that you can just kind of, like a marionette. Like from The Sound of Music, that's what it makes me think. Yeah, sure. So he found that puppet, put it in his box. The shells are from long ago, so that's his memory from long ago, something from long ago. The puppet makes everybody laugh, so he puts that, that's the one thing that, you know, a memory makes you laugh, so he puts it in the basket. And then he has a medal from his grandpa, and that's kind of sad for him, is that he remembered with sadness this medal, put that in the basket. Then he found a football, because to this little boy, a football is more precious than gold. So he has his football, and he puts that in the basket. And last of all, for something warm, he finds a fresh, warm egg that he takes from a hen and puts it in the basket. So these are the things, like, this is what he's been told what a memory is. So these are what he's taking to Miss Nancy. So he goes and gives her this basket, and she goes through it one by one, and she's like, what a strange basket of stuff that you've given me, child. But then in the book, it says, then she starts to remember. And so she goes through, she holds this warm egg, and she remembers the tiny blue speckled eggs that she found in a bird's nest in her aunt's garden when she was Mm. little. And she put the shell to her ear, and she remembered going to the beach with her family and how hot her button-up boots were. So she took them off and ran along the beach. She touched the metal, and she remembered sadly when her big brother that she loved a lot went to war and never came back. And then she smiled at the puppet on strings because it made her remember of when she played with a puppet with her little sister and her little, like it was her little sister's down here and she's playing up above him. Mm -hmm. So the little sister's looking up and just laughing and she was eating porridge at the time. So she just is laughing with this mouthful of porridge. And then she takes the football and she remembers the day that she met Wilfred Gordon and they tell each other all their secrets. So she remembers being with this kid and then the two of them smiled because Miss Nancy's memory had been found again by this very small boy. So it's just this kind of sweet, very sentimental story about what a memory is and what means a lot to one person and and how it connects with other people's memories and lives and past. We'll talk about connection. This like epitomizes that. It, It epitomizes connection, how you have these two people who society looks at as not being very influential or important. Mm-hmm. What can a little boy do? What yeah. can a 96-year-old... How many year old people know their names? Yeah. Not very many, probably. No. And, and what can a 96-year-old woman do, too? Right. You know, they're, they're the odd ends of the spectrum that they're not very... Yeah, they're like the extremes. At. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The outliers. But they're able to come together to be best of friends and still totally help each other just connect and feel that love and compassion. And that's kind of why this book is special again, because there is this older woman who gave me this book, who loved me, who loved my kids. They loved her. It touched my heart that someone would take such an interest in my kids like that and just love them. And if they said, you know, if they cried, if they fought, if they yelled, she didn't care. Right. She just loved them for who they were. And you're like me in that where the town we live in right now, neither of us have family super no, close by. Right. And so 
I know exactly what you mean. There, there's people in your life that become your family and they, they treat your kids like family. And the fastest way to our hearts is through our kids. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you love my kid, I love you forever. That's basically uh-huh. how it works. Yeah, you give me, exactly. like, you smile at my kid, I love you automatically. Yeah, no matter how different we are. You're a nice person. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? If you're mean to my kid, I hate you forever. Exactly. <laughs> I will hunt you down. So. Exactly. So that was how two unlikely people... Even though you're on, you're totally different, you can still make such an impact in somebody's life and such a connection just by seeing that other person, you know, Mm -hmm. by spending time, by just trying how important that can be and how much of an impact that can make in your life. Like seriously, these older women that just love me in my neighborhood, they've made such an impact on me. I will remember them for the rest of my life because of how much they love me. And so, and it's so crazy because you hear sometimes older women specifically, I think talk about how they feel like, Oh, you young sisters probably don't care what I have to say, or, or, you know, just maybe feel uncomfortable with it or us young people being like, Oh, they, you know, they know so much more than me. And it's crazy because we put up these invisible barriers Oh yeah. that once again, we found another way to isolate ourselves and disconnect when really mm-hmm. we all need each other. It doesn't matter how old you are. In my last, in my last neighborhood before here, there was a very sweet lady named Judy who I love. And Judy became, we were, yeah, I came, I went over and just hung out at her house. She, at the time she was, I think she was 76 and I was 26. We figured out we were exactly four, uh, 50 <laughs> years apart. And, but yeah, we went place, we went out to lunch together. We went shopping together. I got along with that lady so good because our souls, like we understood one mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. and there, it just was this special relationship and I felt so comfortable and loved by her and same, she loved my kids. And yeah. so I loved her. I've heard from a lot of people how they don't connect with the older women, like, especially in our church, younger people are like, I don't, I can't, I don't have anything in common with them. Right. I don't care to talk to them. Yeah. What do I say? And I'm like, Give me an older woman, please. I would totally take her over a friend any day. One time when my depression, anxiety was super bad, crazy, crazy bad in this house, that last really bad bout that I talk Mm -hmm. about in my first episode at the end that summer that I say was the worst one I ever had. There was a lady that just is kitty corner for me. She's over at her house right now and she knows who she is. Her name is Di and I love you, Di. We'll see if you're really listening like you say you do. <laughs> just kidding. There was a day when I think I texted her and I said, I just, I need you if you're home. She came. She literally held me like a baby on the couch. She pulled me on her lap and had one arm under my knees and the other arm around my back. And I just bawled into her neck. And I just was like, I, I can't do this. I can't do it. And she sat there and she stroked my hair and she said, Yes, you can, first of all, and you're going to, because that's what we do. We're tough, you know, we can, mm-hmm. but it's okay that right now you feel like you can't. What do we need to do today? What, you know, what can I do? And I was like, can, I, can you just help me get my kids dressed? You know, can we, I'm just going to try and get out of the house and leave the house at least. So she helped put my kids' shoes on. And I don't know, I just look at that and I'm like, that is seeing someone yeah. in their worst. But it was this lady that had perspective that had, you know, she knew what it was like and she knew about having tiny kids that need you constantly and there's not a lot of time for you to use self-care and those things that you need to do to take care of yourself. She saw me. I mean, I have so many friends that have seen me. You see me through difficult times, but there's something about someone that has that perspective and can just come in and swoop you up and say, Hey, it's going to be okay because I've lived it. I've been there and look where I am right now. Well, and there's just pure love. 
Pure love. No Pure judgment. compassion. They're totally. able to see at the top and look down and totally just love you. Yep. Absolutely. Everybody needs that. Yep. We always highlight two books. So you did yours and now I'm going to do mine. Mine is called A Color of His Own by Leo Leone. And it has this cute little chameleon on the front cover. Parrots are green. Goldfish are red. Elephants are gray. Pigs are pink. All animals have a color of their own. Except for chameleons. They change color wherever they go. So then you have this chameleon and it shows him changing all these different colors depending on what the background is. On lemons, they are yellow. In the heather, they are purple. And on the tiger, they are striped like tigers. One day, a chameleon who was sitting on a tiger's tail said to himself, if I remain on a leaf, I shall be green forever. And so I too will have a color of my own. This cute little guy, he just wants to be He needs an identity. Unique. He needs an identity. Thank you. Yes, he needs an identity. He wants to know who he is. With this thought, he cheerfully climbed onto the greenest leaf. But in the autumn, the leaf turned yellow, and so did the chameleon. Later, the leaf turned red, and the chameleon too turned red. And then the winter winds blew the leaf from the branch, and with it, the chameleon. The chameleon was black in the long winter night, and it shows this sad little chameleon. Because he doesn't know who he is, and he wants to be someone. But when spring came, he walked out into the green grass, and there he met another chameleon. He told his sad story. Won't we ever have a color of our own? He asked. I'm afraid not, said the other chameleon, who was older and wiser. See, older and wiser. It means something. But he added, why don't we stay together? We will still change color wherever we go, but you and I will always be alike. And so they remained side by side. They were green together and purple and yellow and red with white polka dots. And they lived happily ever after. And at the end, it just has a picture of them. They're on top of a red and white polka dotted mushroom. And they're all red and white polka dotted and happy and snuggly. So I love that book because once again, going back to connection, we need each other. And I feel like there's so much in our world pulling us apart. And if we want, we can be isolated. It's very easy now. But everything is better when you're with someone else. I was listening to a podcast that I love. It's called The Virtual Couch. He talked about this study that he had read about where they had different study groups taste chocolate, I think. Hmm. And this one study group just sat in a room and they ate the chocolate by themselves. And the other one was with other people and they all ate the chocolate together. And the people that ate the chocolate together rated the chocolate as tasting better than the people that did by themselves. (laughs) That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. And just the idea that we need community and our experiences are richer and they're better when you have it with someone else. On the virtual couch, he talked about, you'll go on a vacation, right? And you come back and you have all these pictures you want to show me. Mm -hmm. And so say we sit down and we watch on the big screen TV. We watch your pictures of your vacation. I'm excited for you. But three hours later, I'm probably getting like, okay, I'm kind of done with talking about your vacation, right? But if we go on a vacation together, then when we come back and we have that shared experience, we want to talk about it all the time. We want to relive the memories, all of that. And basically just the idea that we want to be relatable to each other. We want to be able to relate to each other. We want to do things together. If you go on a vacation by yourself, you're not going to be able to bring home those memories and share them with people in the same way as if you went together because you have that shared experience. I love this book, A Color of His Own, because I feel like it teaches we all just need somebody. We all need somebody to live life with because it makes our experiences richer. And so that's part of the purpose of this podcast. We highlight connecting to each other and and showing compassion for each other in our struggles because everybody needs somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, there are thousands of people in the world who don't feel like they have somebody. So what do you do then? 
Well, it's kind of like my book. There are so many older people who are also lonely. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You want a connection? Take some time. Go to an old folks home or a retirement home or visit your grandparents or, you know, go spend some time with them and have a real genuine connection. Because honestly, they're not tampered down with the technology that I think the younger generations are a little bit. Yes. You know, they genuinely love that human interaction and they know how important it is where the younger ones are still learning how important that is. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I think we get stuck in it. Well, and that's probably why service is such a powerful thing because it gets you to get out of your own head and to go connect to somebody else. It kind of forces you to do that. And you're like, oh, I actually like other people. I like other people rather than just being pictured them on the screen. I like talking to them face to face. Something about that feels very fulfilling to my soul and feels good. That's what we're made to do. We're made to connect. We're made to connect. We're made to help each other. We're made to have relationships. I think Brene Brown says we're hardwired for connection. Like every human being, it it doesn't matter who you are. We are hardwired to connect to each other. Mm -hmm. Social media is a great thing, but only as it's used as a medium to foster connection. So only as a medium of, I have this long lost friend, Shantae, that I haven't seen forever. And I find her on Facebook, let's meet up for lunch. And then we had that really intense connection at lunch. Mm -hmm. But Facebook was an awesome tool to get there. But if you just use the tool to connect other people, it's kind of a false connection if it's just left at that, right? It doesn't seem quite real. Okay, I want to share one final thought. Go for it. Because it keeps coming to me. So something really powerful that my current therapist has told me, I think the first time I met with her, she talked to me about the Mormon pioneers. And there's pi- there's pioneers of other cultures, right? So you can just think of pioneers in general. But the Mormon pioneers came across the U.S. They came from what? Ohio oh, to Utah? But lots right. of places. They came from Denmark, the, yeah, all over, right? That's where my ancestors are from. But they had to go through some really harsh realities. They had to bury children along the way. They, spouses. Spouses. like all their worldly possessions. It's insane. The stories you read about them, whatever you believe, you can read their stories and just have reverence for the sacrifices for their God that they made. But the thing that I thought was so interesting that my therapist talked to me about, she said, but back then, she said, the reason they were able to get through is because they did it together. They had each other. The person pulling the handcart next to you also had lost someone in their family and they could cry with you and be with you and they could push with you. That's how they did it. But what has happened, me and you, we both believe in an actual adversary, right? Or Satan or the devil or what you want to call it. She's like, how has he made it work? Is that he's found ways to isolate us from each other because it's really hard to get someone when they're together. It's really hard to get a group of people when they're mm-hmm. bound together, mm-hmm. when they're united in a, in a common cause. But what you do is if you can isolate people and push them apart so that they're by themselves, think of pornography, think of depression, those things that really push you into secrecy, into darkness, and to not be wanting to be around other people and really show yourself completely, not be seen. Well, then you're totally susceptible because you don't have other people listening and other people that are able to give you perspective on what reality is. But you can be drawn into this alternate reality that's not even true, that I'm worthless. I always do this. I'm the worst. I'm not, you know, worthy of love, all of these things. And then it's slam dunk easy to just be isolated and disconnected. And then, you know, you see, you see the rise in suicides, you see the rise in addictions. And and it makes it so much easier to pretend too, to pretend to be fine when you're not Mm -hmm. or things like that, when you don't have somebody. But to connect, to really be seen, 
even like the characters in our stories to really be vulnerable and open that way it's a it's a daring brave choice but if you want the kind of life that's available to you it really is the only path i think pure honest good joy listeners i hope you guys enjoyed our story time today i hope you snuggled up with a blanket and listened I will see you next time. We'll have another bonus episode. Well, I can't tell you when because it's supposed to be a surprise. But I always end up telling you. (laughs) I'm like, hint, hint, it's coming. But I look back and it looks like I've been doing them like every seven episodes. She'll just throw you off. Make you all yeah. I'm just trying, trying to be all mysterious. Sus- obviously, suspicion. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible at it, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be super excited. <laughs> Shantae, thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you. <laughs>